Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Logan campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. As I said, we, can, we conclude this series on rhythms of grace. And there's, there's a rhythm that we're going to look at this morning that... that, that I can guarantee every single one of us do and have as a rhythm in our life. But it's, it's a rhythm that for so many of us, we've probably never, never thought about in a spiritual context. And it's the rhythm of hospitality. And I can imagine some of you are sitting here going, Dave, what's that got to do with, at all with y'all being talking about, you know, we need to read the Bible, and we need to worship, and we need to, we need to be praying, we need to cut out the noise and get back to the simple. What has hospitality got at all to do with this? I'm glad you asked. And bear in there, and I'll answer that in a few moments. You see, when, what is it that you think about when I say Hospitality. I mean, if you're anything like me, you probably go to inviting people over after church or during the week, over for dinner, over for lunch, and and hanging out with people around you, don't you? And for some of us, if you're like me, you get excited about that thought. You know, we're going to have some people over for dinner or for lunch, and I can't wait. I mean, I get to entertain, and we get to hang out, we get to do life together. And and then there's a whole other group of people. In fact, actually, let me trash. Before we get to that group, anyone else like me? Yeah, Awesome. All right, there's three of us, all right? And for the rest of you, see, Jesus, I just went, no, no, and, and so then for the rest of us, okay, when I say hospitality, you go to freak out mode because this is what happens. You, th- you think about your house and you think about after church, we're going to get home before they get there. All right, kids, everyone's cleaning rooms. We're going to get this place shipped up. All right, you're mopping, you're vacuuming, you're dusting. I don't know what a duster is, but get a duster, get something, get a cloth. And so all of a sudden, we're running around the house, making sure the house is clean. And then we go, oh no, what are we going to eat for lunch? Have they got allergies? What are the kids not like? I mean, what happens if you're at that one point during dinner, the kid looks at their parents and goes, mom, dad, like ours may have at one point. Mum and dad, actually mum, mum, your spaghetti is so much better than their spaghetti. While they're there. You know, you think it's funny. Yeah, you weren't there and you weren't the parent of that kid. Anyway, and that moment where you sit there and you're going, you know what? We're going to clean the house. Are we going to do entree? Are we going to do mains? I mean, do you do you do dessert? Do you do entree? Do you do both? What happens if they say, what can we bring? I don't know. Everything. Yourself, someone. Can we come to your house? I don't know. Like, you know, all of a sudden you go to that place where you're going, this seemed like a really good idea. Jesus, come back and save us from them coming over because it's in my house and it's trash. The kids are going to close. I don't know what's going on. Okay, maybe I overthought it just a little bit. Okay, people? And maybe you do too. So the definition of hospitality isn't about having people over. And it's not about what you're going to feed them at lunch or dinner or at breakfast or wherever and whenever you're having them. In fact, in the Greek, the word hospitality is broken up into two different words. And and the first word is philos, which is the the Greek word for love, not that kind of love, the friendship kind of love, okay, people? And so so it's, it's the friendship kind of, the friendly kind of love. And then the second word that it's, that it's, that comes out of the word uh, hospitality is xenos which is the word for foreigner or stranger. In fact, the Oxford Dictionary defines hospitality as this, the friendly reception and treatment 
of guests and strangers. See, hospitality isn't about what we feed people, but how we treat people. It's how we care for people. It's how we host people when they're in our space. See, I don't know if you've realized, but hospitality is far more ingrained in the Word of God, in the, in the ministry, in the life of Jesus than you probably would have ever imagined. See, hospitality is at the heart of God because people are at the heart of God. And so we, we see God's heart all the way back in the Old Testament. In Leviticus chapter 19, we, we find that Jesus, oh, sorry, that God writes out a bunch of rules and regulations and things that He wants the people of God to do because they're important to Him and He wants them to be important to them. And so He says to them in Leviticus 19, He says this, When a foreigner resides among you in the land, do not dismiss them. The foreigner resides amongst you. You must treat them as a native born or, in other words, treat them like family. Love them as yourself. For remember, you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. See, this wasn't just a... Uh, 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 something that God encouraged in the Old Testament, but it's actually encouraged all through the Bible. In fact, in Romans chapter uh, 12, God actually commands us. He says, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. You know, God actually calls us, He commands us, He says, what I want you to do is I want you to value people. I want you to practice hospitality. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to look at a story that's found in Luke chapter 19. So if you've got your Bibles or a, or a technological device, aka a phone, uh, or you can watch the screen whichever way you would like to do that, uh, I invite you to open up to Luke chapter 19, and we're going to find this story about Jesus. It says this, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it. Make note of that. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, no short jokes here, he came not, <laughs> he could not see over the crowd, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All of the people saw and they began to mutter, he is gone to be a guest at a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said, Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give away half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone out of anything, at that point I wonder if everyone just went, yep, that's me, and everyone else's hands went up. He said, if I have, then I will pay them back four times that amount. Then everyone's hands really, really went up. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. Because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of God has come to seek and to save the lost. 
See, this might here might seem like a strange passage as we, as we look at, as we talk about, you know, using the gift or using hospitality and the importance of hospitality in our lives. But see, Jesus, you know, if you think about it, Jesus had no house to invite him over. He had no, no, he had no food prepared and he didn't have a kind of the right lights and the ambience and the music going on in the background. He had none of the things to make a nice atmosphere to invite Zacchaeus in. But I want us to see that because of this one interaction of Jesus and Zacchaeus, it changed Zacchaeus' life forever. I want us to realize that this wasn't the, an isolated incident. You know, if you think about all of the stuff that in the Gospels, you know, the four books that talk about the life of Jesus, you know, of all of the stories and all of the things that could and should have and would have been recorded about Jesus' life and how he conducted himself, there is a lot of stories about how Jesus sat with people and ate food. Let me give you some examples. In Matthew chapter 9, Jesus ate at, at Matthew's house and it was full of, the Bible says it was full of tax collectors and sinners. In Matthew chapter 12, he, he eats some grain as he's walking through a field with the disciples and the Pharisees start yelling at him and he gets in trouble with the religious leaders. In Luke chapter 7, he eats at Simon the Pharisee's house and he allows a woman, a prostitute, to anoint his feet with perfume. In Matthew chapter 14, we, we see the story of Jesus feeds 5,000 people. Now, the reality was it was actually, well, it says there were 5,000 men, but there would have been women and children. So there could have been anywhere between 10 and 15 and 20,000 people gathered there. In Matthew chapter 15, one chapter later, Jesus feeds another 4,000 people. This time, they're, 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 they're blind, they're lame, they're crippled, the outsiders, the, the outcasts of society. Luke chapter 10 talks about how Jesus ate at Mary and Martha's house. Luke chapter 11 talks about how Jesus ate at, the, at, a, at a top Pharisee's house. Luke chapter 14, Jesus eats at another Pharisee's house. He loves eating at Pharisee's houses. But this time he heals a man with leprosy. Now we don't understand. You know, you weren't allowed to, you weren't supposed to associate with lepers because leprosy was contagious and it was incurable. And Jesus touches and heals a leper in a Pharisee's religious leader's house. In John chapter 12, Jesus eats with Simon the leper at his house. Leper wasn't Simon's surname. He was a leper and he heals his condition. And in Matthew 26, Jesus sits with the disciples at the Last Supper. See, this is just a few of the stories about how Jesus stopped and interacted and ate with different people in his life. And there's a common theme through all of them is that Jesus often ate with the wrong people at the wrong times. And do you know why he did it? Because God values people above the Lord. God loves people that other people don't love. So what I seen, as we look at this story about Zacchaeus this morning, we're gonna, I'm going to share two thoughts and a challenge with you. And the first thought is this, that Jesus made time to be hospitable. Have you ever thought about that Jesus must have been a really busy guy? I mean, his ministry lasted for three years. 
three years is all that Jesus had on earth in a ministry context before he was died and crucified. And have you ever noticed that there is not one Bible verse that talks about how Jesus ran from busyness to busyness? There's not even one Bible verse that says that Jesus jogged, walked hurriedly. Jesus, apparently, he never ran. But if you think about it, Jesus had three years of ministry. And here's a, just a quick summarization of what Jesus did in three years. He had to recruit a team and train the team. And then he had to, he had to uh, show them his style of, of leadership and ministry. And then he healed 26 people, which all scholars would agree there was far more healings. That were just the 26 that made it into the Gospels. And then Jesus preached some of the most amazing and life-changing messages ever on the face of the earth that would ever be recorded throughout history. That Jesus had a lot of fights with a lot of religious leaders. Jesus walked over 5,000 kilometers on foot. He, he, he fed over 5,000 people and then another 4,000 plus people. And Jesus raised Lazarus and Jairus' daughter from the dead. Jesus cast out demons, walked on waters, was beaten, crucified, and, and raised from the dead three days later. Jesus was a busy, busy man, but Jesus never ran. He never seemed to be hurried. He never seemed to be flustered. He even, with all of the things that he squeezed into three years of his ministry, and yet with everything and wherever, wherever Jesus went, he met and he spent time with people. Church, I want to ask us a question this morning. Are you too busy for people? Am I too busy for people? See, Jesus made time to be hospitable. Why? Because Jesus shows acceptance through hospitality. I want us to notice something in verse, in verse chapter 5, oh, sorry, in verse chapter 5, in verse 5, chapter 19. Anyway, it says this, in the NLT version, it says this, when he came by, Jesus looked up at Zacchaeus and he called him by name. So we, it's so easy to skip over that. It's so easy to kind of not really recognize that. But the background, if you don't realize that Jews hated tax collectors because they were Jewish people working for Rome, ripping off their fellow citizens to make money from themselves and to pay taxes to Rome. And if you notice in verse 2, there's a little bit of detail that says that, that, that Zacchaeus wasn't just any tax collector, but he was the chief of tax collectors. In other words, he profited off people who profited of Jews. In other words, Zacchaeus made a lot of money ripping off people who ripped off Jews. And so no one would have liked Zacchaeus. And, and Zacchaeus had never met. Zacchaeus didn't know Jesus. How do we know that? Because if Zacchaeus had have known Jesus, he would have come running to Jesus with arms open wide and Jesus would have come running to him like some you know, rom-com movie and they would have embraced. But Jesus and Zacchaeus didn't do that. But what he did do is he went and hid in a tree. He went and hid in a tree because he didn't want to be seen by his own people. 
and because he couldn't physically see Jesus. But how many of us know that you can't hide from Jesus? How many of us know that no matter where you go, what you do, where you, where you try and hide yourself, no matter the guilt and the shame and the anything else that you might carry this morning, that you cannot and will not ever hide from Jesus. But notice that Jesus stops. And I love the NLT, the NLT version. It says, and Jesus called him by name. I wonder what it might have been like to be Zacchaeus hiding up a tree, hoping no one sees you. Kind of just wanting to eavesdrop into who this Jesus was and see, maybe see a miracle, maybe see something. And he's up there and he's kind of hiding behind trees, hoping and praying that no one will notice him. But Jesus notice him. And he doesn't point him out and ridicule him and get people to throw rocks. But he calls him by name. And Jesus says these words, I'm coming to your house. It's kind of like reverse hospitality. I'm coming, you provide. But I'm going to provide all that you need exceedingly above more than you can possibly ever dream or imagine. See, we read this and we go, you know, it's a simple story and it loses some of its significance because we aren't Zacchaeus and we aren't in a society that hated tax. Oh, actually, we probably don't like anyone work at the taxation office. <laughs> <clears throat> Next, uh, you know. Why? Why did Jesus do this? Why did Jesus point him out? Why did he do it in front of a great crowd of people? Because he wanted Zacchaeus, and in fact, he wanted the crowd to hear Jesus say, I see you, and I accept you, and, and, and actually, I value you. In a society where he carried no value because of what he had done. Maybe some of us this morning feel like we carry no value because of what we've done. God sees him. Let me prove it. When was the last time you invited someone over your house for dinner that you hated? Mother-in-laws don't count. Okay, we just, you know. <laughs> Clearly none of us. You know, you don't invite people over that you don't like because hospitality shows value and it shows acceptance, doesn't it? And this is where we find Jesus, and this is where we find Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector, and Jesus says, I'm coming to hang out with you because I see you, and I, and I value you, and, and, and I want to spend time with you. The crowd sucks air and begins to mumble. Jesus wanted to show Zacchaeus, and he wanted to show the crowd, and he wants to show us this morning. The hospitality is the heart of God because people are at the heart of God. See, as Jesus left to go with Zacchaeus, I wonder if the disciples kind of just moseyed up along next to side Jesus, and Jesus said, and just kind of went, geez, bad idea, bad idea. 
oh, seriously, of all the people, like, we could have gone to anyone else. I mean, look, he's not even a tax collector. He's like the king of the tax collectors. And like, this is a really bad idea, Jesus. And the whole crowd begins to mumble and whinge and complain that Jesus is hanging out with, with not just anyone, but sinners and jerks and people who ripped us all off. You see, Jesus wanted to remind the disciples the hospitality is the heart of me because people are the heart of me. And so Jesus said the disciples, and he made a statement with his life and with his actions saying that this is, I want you to understand how I treat people and how I see people and who I see because, because those people the lonely, the broken, the downcast, the sinful, the down and outs, the ones who can't get it together, the ones who feel like they're worthless, the ones that are jacked up, screwed up and messed up like you and I. And if we're honest, that is us. And they're the ones, they're the ones that I've come to spend time with and to meet and for them to understand that they are valuable in my eyes, even if they don't feel valuable. They're the ones that I choose to come and eat with. See, the idea of, of welcoming a stranger, the, the idea of, of doing this was relatively unknown in ancient society. And see, you wouldn't just entertain, invite people into your life. The, the, you would invite those people that are the same class or on the same understanding, same religious uh, perspective as you, but you didn't, you would not invite people into your house in your life that, that were from a different class or a different race or a different skin color or a different country. And I wonder if some things maybe haven't always changed even in our country and even in our world today. But you see, that was something that set Jesus apart from everyone else. And it should be, church, the thing that sets us apart that we love people because they're people, not because of what they've done, what backgrounds they come from, what country, what skin color, what demographic, what, what suburb or what city they come from. But I want to ask a question this morning. Who are you in the story? Are you the crowd of onlookers confused at why Jesus would do this to a tax collector? Are you one of the angry Pharisees going, yeah, but God, you shouldn't associate. Jesus, you shouldn't associate with people like him. And the disciples trying to quietly sweep it under the carpet and distract people from what Jesus had said and what he was doing and where he was going. Or maybe are you like Zacchaeus this morning? Shunned by society. Different. See, Jesus doesn't care about what other people saw, only what God sees. And God looks out and he sees broken, lost. He sees a broken, he sees a lost man. But Jesus showed him hospitality and Jesus accepted him and he valued him. And I love in verse eight, it says this, but Zacchaeus stood up and he said to the Lord, he said, Lord, here I am, and I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone out of anything, then I will pay them back four times the amount. And Jesus said, today salvation has come to this 
house to this life. See, hospitality always goes far beyond just food. See, Jesus didn't come with a house and a meal and music and lights and stuff. He went to Zacchaeus' house and met him where he was. See, as a church, we've got a hospitality team led by Aaron and Chandini Gibson who are in the kitchen right now preparing food for us after the service. And they've got an incredible team who cook and serve and do uh, key moments in the life of our church and every week provide great tea and coffee and, and hot chocolates and everything else and, and food for us after the service. But I want to suggest this morning that hospitality is on more than just them and their teams. We've got a team up the back and this week it's Chris and the team and they're in their blue welcome shirts. And they welcome everyone who comes through these doors. And we've got team, kids team with Cherith in the green shirt, and the youth team with a, in the black shirt. And we've got people in aprons, and we've got care teams in maroon shirts, and we've got shirts everywhere. And there's a whole lot of people who go to make this service happen. And there's the boys up the back, make sure the lights work and the sound works and you can hear me. And the team is up here leading us in worship. And Judy's up here hosting just a few moments ago. And all of these people go into making a service in our church run. And they do it, and we do it to the very best of our abilities because we want people to know that they are valued and they are accepted. Not just by God, but by us as well. See, if you come to my house... If you come to my house, before you arrive, there's a mad rush of kids cleaning bedrooms and we're making sure the house is, is right and clean and everything else and we're trying to get the food ready and everything else ready and there's a crazy bit of time before everything happens. Why? Because we want everyone who comes through our doors of our house to realize that they are valued but also that they are expected. See, we go to a lot of effort to make it look good as we can this place to provide the best coffee we can, and there's some exciting coffee news coming, but I won't kill the fun right now. We make sure that we provide some great food. Why? Because hospitality is the heart of God, because people are at the heart of God. And we do all of this because we want people who have never stepped foot in the doors of our church, like they come in here every single week, realize that this is a place where they are welcome. It's why on the 29th of October, we're doing a working bee. It's why we're going to spend some time painting and putting up some blinds that have started to fall down in the kids' building and cheat in around the bottom, although it's safe, to make it look safe as well. See, for many of us who have been coming here, you kind of look at that building, you don't really see those issues and those problems. But see, what I want us to do is look through the eyes of someone who maybe has never stepped foot in the doors of church, and they bring their kids along for the very first time. And they look at a building like that, and whilst it's just a building, they look at it and it kind of looks unsafe, or it kind of looks a little bit ratty, or it kind of looks a little bit like this. And so we're going to spend some time doing some cleaning up and doing some things. Why? Because we want to tell our community that we love their kids and their teenagers just like they do. See, we want to tell our community, we want to tell everyone who walks through the doors that they are loved and they are valued by God and by us. So whether you wear a blue shirt, 
or a red care shirt or a green kids shirt or a black youth shirt or a, an apron involved in hospitality, whether you serve on media or worship or play group, or you come and you set up the stools outside and turn the lights on. Or maybe you come during the week like Brendan and Ashwin and Merv and they come most weeks and mow the lawns and blow the car parks out to try and look as presentable as possible. See, this stuff, church, isn't just for you. I mean, it is. But it's not actually just for you. It's for new people who come through, guests who come into our church. That we want them to know that they are valued. We want them to know that you are valued, not just by God, but by us as well. And so that we will do everything that we can to try and welcome people and make them feel valued. See, it's all part of using the gift of hospitality. It's saying to people that, that we're glad you're here, that welcome to our house, welcome, in fact, welcome home to your home. See, the challenge for all of us church here this morning is this. I want to take a moment to talk to anyone who's been here for more than three months, two months, three months. See, the onus is on us. And I invite all of us together to make a difference and to take notice of new people. To, no matter what they might look like, where they've come from, what they did last night, last week, last month, last year, whatever that we don't leave it up to someone else, but buy them a cup of coffee, which is free outside, but buy them a cup of coffee after the service. And that way, we can show they care because people matter to God. And it's because we do these things, it's... Why we do these things? Because we want to turn strangers into family. We want to provide a place where, just like so many of you found a place like this, where we get to belong. We get to say to them, and so do you. You get to belong just like I get to belong. You get to call this place home just like I get to play, call this place home. You get to be valued because I am valued and you are valuable to us you're valuable to God. See, church, we all have a responsibility. What's this got to do with rhythms of grace? See, all the previous ones were about us growing in our relationship with God. This one is about showing our relationship with God. It says to our world, says to our broken community, you know what? That there is a place of hope. It says to our community, it says that you are valued regardless of who you are and where you've come from and what you've done. See, what you don't understand and what you may never understand this side of heaven is that you don't know what that five minutes, that five-minute conversation might have been like. That you don't know what that five-minute conversation after the service, the difference that that might make. So you don't understand what that five-minute conversation might mean that they might come back next week. That because of that five-minute conversation after church, 
You don't know that next week they might walk down the front or they might shoot up their hand after the service and they might give their life to Jesus all in part because of just that five-minute conversation that you took time out of your busy schedule after church, fighting for a coffee or, if you're like me, a second or a third. See, church, we don't know what that five-minute conversation after church might mean for someone. And that's why in the book of Romans, God said, I want you to live lives of hospitality. It's why from the very Old Testament through the way that Jesus lived his life, the, the heart of God is hospitality because people are at the heart of God. So church, I want us to invite us to wear our visible or invisible welcome shirts. That, that we would connect and welcome anyone and everyone who comes through the doors of our church to help them begin their faith journey with Jesus. See, hospitality is at the heart of God because people are at the heart of God. Church, can I be vulnerable for a minute? See, I was reminded of the power of this hospitality after this last term because as I shared at the start, and some of you know our journey of last term was a really hard term for our family. And God used last term to do a humbling work in my life. He, he did, he used this as a, a time for our family to, to rejig and look at what was important and important to us and important to you. See, last term, when it was a hard term, I had people calling us to say, can we drop around a meal in our lives? And the hard thing was is that there was a pride part of me that would kind of sit there and go, I don't need your food. I mean, like, I'm sure there's someone else that needs it much more than I am. Like, I can make some food. Like, I'm actually half decent, uh, half decent cook. I know it might seem to struggle, but, you know, I actually can cook. And I remember thinking, you know what, don't worry about it. It's fine, I don't need your meal, I'm all good, we're all good. And some people just came and delivered it anyway. And it was so challenging and humbling. And it was a hit to my pride. And yet it was also so powerful because it was just a simple act but it actually showed that someone cared. It showed that, that someone valued. It showed that we've been able to create a community of people that are there in our good times, but also our hard times. And that someone saw our situation and was willing to do something. So someone came and dropped off some meals. A little thing that made a really big difference. They used the gift of hospitality and did something. See, church, I, I wonder, I wonder what our lives might look like. I wonder what our, our church might look like. I wonder what our families or our workplaces or our unis or whatever. I wonder what it might look like if we began to 
Use the gift of hospitality, which is all about valuing people and recognizing and seeing people. I wonder what might happen in his life if we loved people like Jesus loved people. If we actually showed hospitality. I wonder what, what our families, what this church, our lives, our workplaces. See, because of this one interaction, Zacchaeus's life was changed forever. <laughs> Jesus simply said, he didn't, he didn't explain why he'd come from heaven to earth. He, he just said, um, hey dude, I see you up in the tree. Why don't you come down and come into your house? And because of that one interaction, it radically changed his life where he gave everything he had away. See, together, I only invite us. This is the challenge. Notice the guests, value the guests, and invite the guests to become We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services because everyone who comes through our doors is welcome. You can find out more about our community and locations at gatewaybaptist.com.au.